All right, y'all ready then? Yeah. <laughs> so enthused. Okay. Well, welcome to the Beer Flight Podcast. We're going to do things a little bit differently this episode. So Craig and I wanted to do a get to know your host episode, but we decided to bring the entire company instead. So we've invited all round trip brewing employees, which at current total is four. To introduce everyone, we thought we would play a few icebreaker games, uh, just have some fun and chat. Um, all of these can kind of be turned into drinking games and one. We'll kind of walk everyone through them. But let's start by going around the table and introducing everyone. Um, Craig, if you want to start. My name is Craig. Craig Mykoski. Um, my job at Round Trip, I, I think my official title is CEO, but today I was... Uh, um, looking for security cameras. So I guess I'm also like maintenance and stuff too. Um, facilities. Facilities manager. Yeah. There you go. Facilities manager. Uh, I also make beer sometimes. I haven't done it yet, but it sounds cool when it's actually going to happen. And I, I hear it might happen by the end of the year, which would be great. Um, and then uh, the first drink I ever had was a Zima. And I think I was 14. Maybe 15. My brother brought it back from a high school party and gave it to me. And I thought it was so cool. And I thought I was pretty cool, too. But I don't think I was Was that cool. Was it Kevin? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was not Chris. (laughs) Chris was the rule. Kevin was, uh, yeah. What what about your first beer? uh, First beer? Oh. It's probably Miller Lite or something. I'm not sure. I remember that the Zima sticks out in the mind. I can't remember what the first beer beer was because beer beer at that time to me wasn't very cool. No. Zima is cooler. Mine was probably like the Beast, Milwaukee's Best or something, whatever, whatever that. Yeah. Uh, I am Billy Rudolph. I am running the marketing at Round Trip. Um, my first drink was, I guess I was 17 or 18. It was New Year's Eve in Athens. We had gone up. To Athens for New Year's Eve. Um, same night, happened to have run into Michael Stipe downtown and was like walking behind him, not like on purpose, um, for several blocks. And that was like the highlight of my life. It's been downhill since. But later that night, I had my first alcoholic drink and it was some really terrible vodka. And I didn't know that it was going to burn in your mouth and that you were supposed to just drink it right away. So we just kind of sat there and I spat it out. And then he's like, my friend's like, why are you wasting all this vodka? And I'm like, it's cheap. And also like, sorry, I didn't know. He's like, you know, you can mix it with other things. And he had like some cranberries <laughs> and stuff, <laughs> cranberry juice. or So that was like my first uh, drink. And I, I was, um, had too much that night. But what did I know? I didn't know anything. That was my first alcoholic beverage. Do you remember I don't think any, I don't think anybody knew anything. At yeah. that age, no. no. I can't believe you tried to just drink. I didn't know. I had no, no one. I, I had no manual. Like this is. We never had alcohol in our house, and it just. So it wasn't like ever a thing. But I, I remember when I was um, 
13 or 14, my, we were at our lake house and my dad had purchased a keg for like a couple uh, college kids that were like staying with us, a whole keg, a full size keg. And he's like, son, you got to have some of this. I'm like, I'm too young. I'm not going to do it. Son, you got it. No, not going to do it. Um, so I didn't have beer until college. And that was uh, probably at a frat party. And it was terrible. Like it was like the beast or something. I don't, it was not great. And so I didn't like beer for a while because I'm like, oh, this is what it tastes like. No. I think I, I was in the same boat too. And that's, I think that's why I got into craft beer. Cause I didn't, I thought beer was, was really bad. And then when I kind of discovered craft beer, then it totally flipped it for me. Um, but yeah, same kind of thing. That's, I, I wasn't really into beer when, when I was at parties and stuff. I remember you coming to me and you were like, beer's really good. When I, oh, and wow. I was like, I was like, I, I don't know about this. And you're like, no, no, you got to try it. And then that kind of turned me to yeah. Mary Beth, our newest employee. Tell us about yourself. Uh, my name's Mary Beth. I am the lab manager at round trip. And also at some point when the tap rooms open, the bartender, like singular, we're all going to be tending bar. <laughs> yeah. We'll find some more. Um, so yeah, I'll be doing all the Q or the quality control stuff for round trip as soon as we actually start brewing beer. And right now it's all in theory. Yeah, we, we in look theory. at we look at fun lab equipment right now. Yeah, mostly I just price out lab equipment right now, but someday. Hey, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> You're going to be using that lab equipment. Yes, I am. We've got a microscope coming soon. I'm pretty excited about it. My first drink ever. I was 17, and it was moonshine. Mixed with was it legal? Gatorade? Legal moonshine or I, legal moonshine? I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, where did it come? Was it in it? Did it have any label on it? Or was it just a jar? I think it was just a jar. That's but awesome. I could be I could be wrong about that because I did not acquire the moonshine. It was like brought to us. So awesome. I'm not entirely sure. But we mixed it with blue Gatorade and it was awful. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> <laughs> Would not recommend. <laughs> blue Gate, like you, you had not just like putting powder in the moonshine. No, no, no. Like the, you were no, putting powder? No, no, oh, no. Not powder. Okay. Like the like gotcha. frost. Whatever. Like no, a bottle okay, that, of Gatorade. When and I then first you pour moonshine into it. I thought no. it was like we put like the Gatorade no, blue no, powder no. into moonshine. Oh my God. I would have died. Well, actually. I got some Kentucky dark cherry shine for you right here. Oh, okay. I think well, that tastes like blueberry. Yeah. That, this it's is actually pretty good. the kind of moonshine that I was drinking then. Actually, I've had moonshine since then that I've enjoyed, but uh, as a first experience, that was not a great one. But I think my first beer was a PBR, but I could be wrong about that. It's hard to tr like track all the, the bad ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Amy, I'm, Amy. Yeah, I'm Amy. Um, I don't really know what my job is yet either, but mostly all things. Amy is, is ultimately the boss. Yeah, I, she's she's the boss. She's, she's the boss. boss. She's in charge of me. True. That's very, very true. <laughs> people, things people related, mostly. Um, she's a, she's right a people now, person. Yeah, I'm sort of <laughs> doing all the things that I never thought I'd be doing, like finding insurance for people. And, um, We're very excited about sure that. sure everyone gets paid, that's a thing. Um, and then uh, also working on some of the hospitality stuff. So making sure that the top room and event space are ready to go. Getting the store ready and merchandise oh, yeah. stuff. and Buying a lot of stuff. Our POS systems, everything that's going to make the brewery function. She also bought all of the lights. If you like the lights at Round Trip, I'm she's ready, in charge. Um, to be done talking about them, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean, the light fixtures are going to be something they are else. Installed and, and they usually 
come on when they're supposed to. We're just gonna sounds good enough. Let them be. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do look really good though. They do look they cool. Do. When people are able to come to the brewery, I hope they like the lights. I think they will. So for, first oh, drink and how old were you? I'm a rule follower, so I was 21. Woo! Um, and I don't know what it was, but Craig was my next door neighbor and had just come back from New Zealand where it had been legal to drink there and he got really into craft beer um, there. And then was, he had convinced his dad that he needed to do this like beer research project. Well, no, that was the next year. Oh, was that later? I think I said, but I started homebrewing when I was living next. next yeah, year. I don't know. Somehow somebody had like, bought him all this craft beer or something you had a bunch of stuff i don't know where it came from um so it was a craft beer was the first beer i ever had he might know what it was well well i know that on your birthday night from the story that i heard you had like a shot of tequila i think on your birthday night at the Uh, what's the crappy tex-mex place in athens and I'm a Tex-Mex snob, obviously, but... Uh, it is not crappy. Mexicali. Mexicali Grill. Mexicali, yeah. God, that place is so Yeah, bad. I did go there with my roommates. That was probably the first drink of the day. My dad called me while I was um, <laughs> taking this shot of tequila. I know, he was like, oh, congrats. I mean, it was like, <laughs> not a thing. Yeah. He goes, can you just, you know, be safe? Well, your first beer is with me, I think. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah. I don't know what it was. It was a crap beer. So I never had the like crappy beer experience um, until I was too much of a beer snob to know to turn it down. You missed a really good, like, it's it's a good thing that you missed that part of your life. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the, the drinking what you can afford part of college is like, oh, important. Yeah. Right. Makes yeah. Yeah. Well, Craig talked his dad into um, paying for all of his beer by the time we were seniors in college because he was doing a beer research project. I did. Yeah, and that so was good. That was a really good idea. Money for beer. I was like, we yeah, somehow. Well, first, I not only convinced my dad, but I convinced my professor that I wanted I wanted to do an a, uh, independent research study on on beer. And I got like four hours credit for it. So it was awesome. I got to study about beer and drink beer and talk about beer for, for hours and write, write a paper on it. And then I told my dad, I'm like, Hey, I don't need books this semester, but I really need you to buy beer for me. <laughs> what kind awesome. of class was this? Like, it, like, I, I literally research, to, like yeah, there, there was this, uh, there's this thing you could do through our, through our college of family consumer sciences that, uh, you could, you could literally, if you found a professor and you and you went to them and said, I want to do a research project on anything. And if they said that they would meet with you like three times a semester and review your paper and talk about your research, you could literally write a paper on anything that you wanted. And either it could be two to four hours, depending on how thorough of a paper it was. And those were usually things that weren't already offered. At, through the university. Yeah, it's like, yeah, there's no there's no beer research study at Georgia. So I, I just told my professor I wanted to do that. I guess that's how I know I'm the STEM person, because in my brain, beer research project would have been like the chemistry, like analytics. So it was a marketing research okay. paper. And I, I basically put together um, if I were to take it farther into like a master's study, what would the, the uh, kind of research experiments be that I would put on people, uh, either taste wise or preference tables or whatever like that. So 
It was, it was pretty interesting. It actually landed me a job when I got into the industry. So it was, it was good. Uh, and hopefully in several years, you can give a nice endowment back to the school and be like, put in a beer research. My, my institution was out of, out of state tuition. And, uh, <laughs> probably just leave it at that. Amy, what are, you, what are you pouring? You got, it looks like you got one ready for us here. Yeah, I already opened it. Um, it's a round trip Oktoberfest. Um, this is just the regular Oktoberfest, yeah? Not so the, it's, uh, it's what's not the, the best? Okay-ish one? <laughs> well, I know it's the a best. regular. You didn't okage this one. I didn't okage okay, this okay. one. This, yeah. this is the non-okaged version. Um, anyway, but it's an Oktoberfest 6.2 ABV. Do you have a name for I think it's just going to be Oktoberfest. Crawlers are hard to pour. They are. You know, yeah. the, the top on them, for whatever reason, I think it's because the top is farther from the edge than on regular cans. It makes it harder to pour. Oh, I'm ruining it. It is fun to have a crawler. As Billy passes off coasters, I'm just pouring beer on them. This was the first crawler I ever filled on the crawler machine. It does. It says crawler number one. Crawler. Can you tell us about it? Um, so it's a... And... I'll be you know straight up honest. It's very similar to the recipe that I made uh, for Rar and Sons in Fort Worth. Uh, there's there's a little bit differences to it. There's some process differences to it. But uh, I was really fortunate to, to brew this a lot um, in Texas. We we won when I was there. We won a gold medal for it at Great American Beer Fest in I think 2015. Uh, and then we won bronze medal in Munich at the European Beer Star with it. But since then, they've won another gold medal, another silver medal at GABF. Um, so it's it's basically that recipe tweaked a little bit um, just to accommodate for the uh, new equipment I'm going to be using. Brought the alcohol down like 0.3% from where they're at too. But same yeast, uh, same grain bill. Um, aged it for, I think I aged this one for four weeks. So what is the alcohol content on this? 6.2. Mary Breath, what did you bring? Um, I brought a New Belgium Sour IPA, which is, I think, a GABF winner for this year. And the Boulevard Space Camper IPA, because apparently I really like IPAs. So <laughs> A lot of people like IPAs. Yeah. I like IPAs. What's our first, what's our first game? First game. So let's, let's give some background on this. So these are some icebreakers that I used to play, um, in a previous company when we would travel around, um, to different countries and we were always in the same groups, but we, we came from different places and this, these were just fun, late night, relaxing, just games that we can play. Um, and everyone can participate. And it's all pretty easy. So most of these were inspired by a lot of my colleagues who are from the UK um, and things that they do regularly at, at home or back home with, with their friends. So the f- I have I have quite a few games here um, and we're going to what we're going to do is we're going to do like a quick round of each to kind of uh, just explain how it, well, I'll explain how each one goes and then we'll do a quick round so you can do it. And then you can take these and play them uh, with your friends or if you Honestly, if you have like a bunch of strangers that you just met and want to have a fun game with, or maybe if you're sitting at a table at round trip after we start making beer and serving beer, that'd be a great place to play these games. And if you want to come and play a drinking game at round trip, we can always um, help you out. Now, I should say that these are 
really good icebreakers and that can also have a drinking component to it. So it's not like they're meant for people to get just, you know, stupid drunk with. So the first one is what crime did you commit slash why are you being arrested? So what we're going to do is each person is we're going to go around the table and each person is going to detail um, what crime one person is doing. And so you just kind of go until everyone has said what crime they're doing and everyone has been tagged as what crime they're doing. So we're going to use Craig as an example. Um, usually what what the the idea with this is you want to make up a nice elaborate story and it gives some really good insight into like that person that maybe like that they didn't know that people thought about them. So for me, uh, what crime is Craig committed and why is he being arrested? So I think Craig is being arrested for trespassing. And he's it's because he broke into a golf course because he wanted to play it and he was denied entry. And he's like, I'm going to take a few beers. I'm going to go play this course. And the course did not like that. And the security guy called the police and had this guy arrested. I can see that. Yeah. Total, has That's it cool. happened? Um, I don't no. think you should admit to that on the air if it has, you know? No. Has not happened. <laughs> not yet. No. I, um, it's not, uh, I'm not above it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll make sure that the, uh, the security is not there. I, I'll do my best to not get arrested. Or you can just, you know, make sure you have a wad of 20s. Well, them some money. you know, probably, probably what I do is I'd only play a few holes that's far away from the clubhouse. I think it's, that's the best way to, uh, stay out of jail. So Mary Beth, what crime is Craig committing? Why is he being arrested? I think he's committing insurance fraud. I think the round trip <laughs> day, opening date gets pushed money. back again and he burns the place down because he's just so angry. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then he gets caught, obviously. He, he did tell us, well, we're, when we're recording this, um, Hurricane Zeta just kind of came through Atlanta. And he, the first thing he said that morning was, well, nothing hit the brewery, so we're fine. Yeah. Well, so the, the funny thing about the insurance part about that it, it actually has happened to one of my former breweries <laughs> uh it wasn't on purpose i don't think probably not what? No. Uh, well yeah how could that have been on purpose no um <laughs> and, unless they like threw more snow yeah. ba- basically what happened is the brewery uh, that i worked at in fort worth a year before i got there um so rar and sons brewing they had a uh, they had a flat roof and they had a giant snowstorm and the, the snow is really heavy in Texas because it's really wet and uh, the roof collapsed in the middle of the night. And so they had they uh, they walked in. They just said, oh, man, well, the brewery's done. And then they realized they had insurance that they could they could uh, rebuild the brewery. And it's, this was actually national news when it happened. And I heard about it when I was in Colorado. I was like, oh, man, that's my hometown brewery. It's it's no longer going to be there. <laughs> then I ended up working for him. But uh but yeah, I don't think Fritz threw extra snow on top of the roof. If he did, yeah, I'd really like to know. That <laughs> they, <laughs> they did make a beer out of it, but yeah. they still make every year. Yeah, it's called S- Snowmageddon. Um, yeah, so they make, make that every year. It's actually like a uh, collaboration with uh, the Homebrew Club that's in Fort Worth. Um, but Fritz, if you're listening, I'd like to know if you did commit insurance fraud. Um, because if I really need money uh, at some point, I'd like to figure out how to do it. <laughs> it's going to be oh kind gosh. of hard to convince them we got that much snow in Georgia. 
Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Texas has been really good. Snowocalypse uh, yeah. shut yeah. down the city. Amy, what crime is your husband committing? Um, someone has called the police because they found Craig sleeping outside of a breakfast taco <laughs> shop in the morning. Um, yeah. He wandered away from... Loitering. He didn't wander away. He made his Irish exit from from a party on his own and nobody knew where he went. And he went looking for breakfast tacos. Or he's hitchhiking to um, Whataburger. I don't think it's a crime to do either one of those things. Hitchhiking is not legal. Loitering is... It I think can passing be. out in public because you're drunk yeah. is... Yeah. Well, you that's not... Uh, she didn't, she didn't say. I did say. Well, that's uh, what I meant. I did say that. Okay. I, I thought that. You follow the rules so much that you're even. I don't know what actual crime is. Hitchhiking's a crime in Amy's mind, yeah. so there's that. I think it's a crime in her mind to uh, to wait in line for breakfast tacos because she wouldn't do that. No. Yeah. It's sorry, it's always this is a good question too. It is question for the table. Question for Amy. Based off breakfast, this breakfast taco conversation, is salsa a breakfast food? It can be. Yeah, no. yeah, you can absolutely eat it for breakfast. It's tomato. There's a you can, tomato base. So yeah, breakfast food. I mean, you can you can put it's it on a breakfast, breakfast taco. You could put it on hash browns. It also yeah, well, it depends weird. on what country you're in. No, hash browns take ketchup, and even breakfast tacos don't need. Salsa. Okay, but salsa's basic. Like salsa and ketchup are mm. sort of similar. And you yeah, could make it like I a Southwest condiment. Yeah, the only two spices that Amy knows are butter and salt. All right, let's move on to the next game. So, oh, oh that gosh. wasn't good. Sorry, I'll do better, maybe. Okay, so the next one. Um, Wait, when were we supposed to drink in that game? That was more of an icebreaker. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Beth's pouring the next beer, though. Yeah, oh, sure October thing. Yeah. Well, there's a little in. Here. After this game, we'll we'll talk about a different beer. Are these also okay? Yeah. So. The next game is Two Truths and a Lie. Uh, everyone's played this. So the twist on this is it has to be very detailed stories. So Mary Beth is our victim here, and she's going to give each of us, well, she's going to give us two truths and a lie, and then we each get a question to into this, and we get to guess individually if we're which one's the lie. Um, but when we ask a question, she has to give the elaborate story behind uh, each one and try to convince us that every single one of them is true. So I'm going to turn it over to Mary Beth. What are your two truths and a lie? Oh man, I had a feeling you guys might do this to me. So I came kind of prepared, but I'm still not good under pressure. So, um, my two truths and a lie. I was on a TV show for a like reality dating thing. Once I went backstage at a yin yang twins concert and then went to an after party with them. And I stayed at Pat Dye's house. Do you guys know who that uh, is? No. Like the Auburn coaching legend? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, not from yes, the he south. did. Yeah. Texas isn't really the south, so I'm, I'll say I'm not from the south, so I don't know who the Auburn coaches are. Okay. Well, he was, the, the field's though. named after him. Yeah. And the field's named after yeah, him. Yeah, he's like very important. Gotcha. I, when I, was I he the coach? A, a long oh, time ago. Like 70s or 60s? Something 80s? like that. Sure. I don't okay. know that much. So Pat, Pat, Yang Yang Twins, and what was the first one? I was on a reality dating television show. Can you can you explain that a little bit more? What? what, what, what? I, I think that's a uh, 
Right. Which, I don't think, yeah. yeah. Do I, like, what... what well, what, what led you to get onto the reality dating show? What happened? Well, actually, um, my question is, did you sign yourself up or did someone No, I signed myself up. up. Oh, okay. But it was just okay. one episode, so it was oh. for... Do you guys know? remember the TV show Blind Date that was, like, really yeah, popular yeah, in the 2000s? They rebooted it last year in Atlanta. That's actually true. That is true. I, I, I was uh, I was at Pont City Market and some guy came up to me and they, and they asked if I wanted to be on Blind Date. <laughs> I, like it. And I, I don't know how that's going to work out go, for this me. This is a weird thing to do. Like, you just go around and ask people, <laughs> they, but I guess that's how they get people on. Uh, my my uh, stepsister is actually on that show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's on the show. Kristen. Oh, like yeah. the reboot or the old no, one? No, the original. Yeah, the original. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to say, do we go at night? Do we say? Or do we? No, keep, well, let's keep asking questions. She, she's oh, going to get to interrogator too. Yeah, you have I to interrogate. One question a piece. I feel like you guys have used uh, up your questions. <laughs> well, who do you know that that knows the Yin Yang Twins? Or did you win a radio contest? No, I just was front row and talked. Sweet talk to security guard. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Uh, it was in college, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm saying the Yin Yang Twins. I don't think that's real. Well, what's what's the story around Pat Dye? Um, he, you can, he owns like a giant, well, he owned a giant farm that's like 30 minutes outside of Auburn. And uh, apparently they do a lot of events and they have like, they do Airbnbs there. So you can like rent Airbnbs like on his property and then take like tours of his house and stuff. Well, I'll say this, that... Um, I noticed your parents started following us on Instagram this week. And so I looked at their profiles and noticed that they're Auburn fans. So um, <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> I do know that yeah. thing. <laughs> that helps I, I find that story a little bit more plausible than the Ying Ying twins when I think that's a lie. Is that twins your final lie. vote too, Amy? Yeah, I'm going to go with we, it. We don't all have to. It, so like if no, you get it wrong, you drink. If you, you know, it's one of those things. But if yeah, we all get too. it wrong. What's, okay. what's the lie? It is the Yang Yang twins. But to yeah. be fair, that actually happened to one of my friends. So that is like really? not that unplausible. Okay. You know, they vicariously to your friends. Well, I have to make it like something that could happen, you know. Hey, did they, so how, so the blind date she, people, they uh, came up to me at Ponce and Market. How that happened? Actually, uh, I had a friend who had like applied to other Bravo or like other reality TV shows and they emailed her and they were like, we're filming this thing in Atlanta. Do you want to go on it? And then they were like, do you have any friends? Like we need a, do- a bunch more people. So I just sent in an application and then I did like a video interview and stuff. So you, you did go on? Yeah, I was on. I mean, technically my episode didn't air, but I filmed it and like I like went on the date and it was filmed. So did you go on any other dates? How many cameras? No. Is this one fan, did I, one camera follow you around or how does that No, work? it was like a whole production. Really? It's a, it's, it was wow. a big thing. We had like three different activities for it. Ooh. So yeah. Okay. But I know I did not go out with that guy again. <laughs> I tried out for a reality show one time. I did. American Gladiators. Ooh. <laughs> Nitro. Yeah. Yeah. Ago, right? It was. It was. Uh, tryouts were. Uh, this is when we were in Denver. Tryouts were at um, uh, University or uh, yeah, Boulder, University of Colorado, Boulder. And uh, my boss let me off for the day to go stand in line and go try for American Gladiators. And basically, they. I was in line for like six hours. I couldn't believe how many people were this. This is for the second season. Wait, the first season, the reboot. Uh, they uh we we watched it every night it was awesome but they um they uh you like do 
however many push-ups you can in two minutes, do some pull-ups and sprint back and forth or something like that. And then they ask you questions like immediately, like, like you would as you're, as you're getting off of doing an activity. I think the greatest privilege in American gladiators is to be, is to be able to have them shoot tennis balls at you. Cause that was always the finale, right? It was tennis balls. It was a ball. Some ball. Yeah. The original one is different than the, than the reboot. He didn't get on the show. I did not get on the show. (laughs) I, I can't remember who they took, but, uh, was yeah, it just like was one person from everybody that tried out that day or? It was, yeah, I think it took one person from every, so like. Every city. Uh, yeah. So, but the experience of just going, I mean, I knew I wasn't going to get on, but that was fun. We were, um, that same year, our picture was in Time Magazine drinking Ooh. beer downtown in Denver. Yeah. That's cool. Mine yeah. was in Atlanta Magazine once with Ooh. my dog. Yeah. <laughs> I made the cover of a. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina's newspaper once because UGA beat South Carolina. That's about it. (laughs) And you were the poster child for that? My friend Jeremy and I were on the cover after we won. It was um, was the greatest moment of our life. I'm happy for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fun point. Pour some beer. Yeah, what, what's our next beer? What are, I don't know. What are we opening next? Oh, There's thank lots you. of options. You talked about the oh. New Belgium one, well, right? Well, I had okay. been first. Yeah, I needed to chill those for a little bit. That's how you're supposed to do it right yeah. there. So what is it? This is a New Belgium Sour it's IPA. It's a sour IPA. Is there is this is their IPA series like they're trying to do a different kind of IPA? Mm, I thought that was the hop. Or the Voodoo Ranger, but I could be wrong. I don't know. This is a IPA blended with wood-aged golden sour ale. It's hazy and pearly sour with a chance of another. <laughs> they, I don't know what that means. But they did want, uh, they won a GABF award for the, this this oh, year. They blended it. Huh? Yeah. It smells like heavier that. than I would oh, think I it would. It does. I don't know why. Yeah. I still want to go to their, their facility in Asheville. I've been, I've been, I think three times to the one in, uh, in Fort Collins and man it's like if you're a beer person and you like going on beer tours that that's one of the more cool cooler places to go hang out at for a day um their Asheville location is supposed to be pretty cool too but every time I've been to Asheville they like haven't been open on the day I tried to visit oh. so but it was always like either Memorial Day or Labor Day and yeah. they like were open those days yeah. and I was like well but if you ever get to Fort I don't know what the one in Asheville is, but they had their wood cellar in Fort Collins and just standing in that room and just like their giant wood tanks everywhere and it's just like the smell of that place is ridiculously cool and just the maintenance of how you deal with every every one of those barrels and all the fermentations and the person that runs that side of it it's just crazy how they do it she has she has basically a notebook where she goes around and she likes how a tank is tasting she like draws smiley faces and stuff that's how she like keeps track of all these tanks it's crazy that seems like a really reproducible system for someone else to come in. Yeah, over. right. Yeah, that job security, right? That, that's that's always my concern. I'm like, no one else can like yeah. do that for you. Yeah, if you just don't write notes down. If you just know what every tank is, then Perfect. they can't fire you. I'm gonna start doing that at round trip so that I can't <laughs> let me leave either. <laughs> Let's move to our third game. So, third game is is a categories game. So, how this is gonna work? is someone says a category and you go around the circle and person just says, I can name, you know, five things in that category. Um, so let's say if it's like beer brands, craft beer brands, and Craig says he can name 
10 craft beer brands and it comes to me and I say, I can name 12 and Mary Beth, you say you can name 15. And then Amy's like, I can't name more than three. I'm going to call BS. Cause I don't think that, that Mary Beth can do it. And so then Mary Beth has to name, uh, as many brands within that or whatever the category is. And if she doesn't, isn't able to do it, then, uh, she's got a drink. If she is able to do it, then the person called BS has a drink. Um, or maybe everyone else, however you want to do it. So, uh, Amy, do you want to pick a category and we'll go around a circle real quick? Sure. Something that is, that is, uh, doesn't have a million things in it. Uh Just look at your notes. (laughs) They're real helpful. (laughs) Amy just has pictures on her notes. They're not even pictures. Yeah. Doodles. Um, Like, would dog breeds be a thing? Yes. Okay. Is that boring? No. Okay. Then let's do that one. Dog Dog breeds. Does she have to start too or? Um, sure. Do I I get to up the ante if it gets back around to me? Yeah. So it's got to keep going higher. Right. But it doesn't end when it gets back to me. Okay. Um, well I can name 15. I feel like you started really strong. You started now. really strong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm calling bullshit. I mean, I could barely get 15. You think you can get 15? Because if, 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 if he calls a number, I'm calling bullshit on him. <laughs> I can't can name 15 can dog name breeds. 15. <laughs> Let's see it. Okay. Okay. Um, Labrador Retriever, Golden Retriever, Hug, Boxer. Pitbull, Australian Shepherd, um, what's that lassie one? Collie? <laughs> Shut up. Lhasa Apso, Shih Tzu, um, Chihuahua. Um, that's not a dog, that's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> it is classified as a canine, okay? Keep going. Um, ugh, shoot. Mm-hmm. I apologize to every Chihuahua owner out there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can. I, I don't know. Is there a time limit? Because I can. No, but more. you still got like five left. I have four left. That was that eleven. Was that's, that's right. Seven. The, the, the best ten. thing for podcasts is dead air. So take all the time you need. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking to me. Um, what haven't I said yet? Um, Weimariner, Great Dane. I'm getting close. Close. Um, what's that? German short-haired pointer. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of other pointers, and I can't think of them. Um, you need two more. I know. I need two more, and I think I can do it. I'm just thinking of who has dogs. Poodle. I haven't said poodle. Oh, miniature poodle and giant. I'll think of another one. Um, we already gave you the the two Labradors, so or the two Retrievers. Yeah. Okay. Um and what's our dog? We're not sure. Yeah. I already said Australian Shepherd. We sort of think that kind maybe of. not a lab is what she is. Mm-hmm. Um no, I had one in mind and now I just forgot it. It was That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, Bulldog. Oh, Billy. Billy. But Billy. also I was thinking of um My friend's got a bullshit upstairs. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that counts as a separate. Breed. Well, you said Shih Tzu and Bulldog, and you said oh, there's a Bullshit. Well, upstairs. there's a pug upstairs too. Yeah. Right? yeah. 
He did fisting. Good job. And, yeah, that's Porter didn't mention it. Porter didn't get mentioned, but Basenji <laughs> would be his. I figured that was low because I thought people know all kinds of. No, no. That sounds. It would have taken me a while to get there. Pretty much them all puppy, so <laughs> dog. <laughs> just our dog is one of those. We sent her genetic thing in because um, we're not sure, and it came back that she's like ten percent of all the types of dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes she's a bobtail. She looks like a sheepdog. I've seen her point at something one time. Um, she does kind of retrieve things. Sometimes. She hates water. Uh, she she definitely herds like a sheep sometimes. Sheep, you know, herds like a sheepdog for sure. She hates water. So it's like, you know, it said lab, but like that doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. She's a thing. Okay, uh, sorry. Maybe someone's better. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was good. That's exactly it. I, I was real surprised right at 15. Yeah. Now, so. but, but the idea is sometimes you start with a lower number and you go around the circle until you're like, this person clearly doesn't know when I'm going to call BS on them. So if it happens sure, at the start, you I'm know. I'm sure that people knew more trivia about dogs than me. I didn't I think know. I could do more than 15. Huh. That's why I was going to call bullshit on them. Yeah. It would have taken <laughs> a long time. I could have made it there, but... Yeah. I would have tried to pull out the best knowledge from the Westminster Dog Show that I can remember. You know, um, I used to be a school psychologist, and this is like one of the tests on some of the um, cognitive and academic tests. You'll like give kids a category and like, or a letter or something, and have them like name all the things they can that start with something. It's amazing how hard that can. Like, I think some kids just get real. Shy. Yeah, I'm nervous under pressure too. <laughs> And no well, one's you, sitting you here can see all of them, but, but when it comes time to actually say, you're like, I can't recall. Right. Anything. And then I'm like, no, I can't lose as if the having a drink is a bad thing. And I'm not doing that when it's not my turn anyway. I, know, right? so. <laughs> I keep forgetting. <laughs> Wait. All right. So there's two more games, two or three, whatever we're doing. So the fourth game is called Fives Live. I'm only going to explain this because we can't. It's a more of a visual. So. I'll, I'll try to describe it to people and we're, we're not going to play it. But what you do is you go around the table um, counting down fives alive, fives alive, shaking your fist at th that time. Right. So you go fives alive, fives alive. And then when it's time to shoot on three, everyone at the table either puts out a five or a fist. So one person is then supposed to call out the fives alive, fives alive. And then they say 15 and they look around the circle and they do not say a word. And if, they have like a couple seconds to say or to look and see if what they said as a number matches the number of fives that were thrown. And if they do, they say, thank you very much for a lovely game of fives. They are not allowed to celebrate. And if they do, they cannot leave the game. But if they say that correctly, um, they can leave the game. This is a very British way of playing this game because you're supposed to keep composure and it's supposed to be very proper. Most people's reaction, if they get the number right, is they celebrate. So that's Fives Alive. It's a lot of fun. If anyone wants to go ahead and play that, come to the brewery and, and we'll teach you. So our last game, maybe, is kind of a would you rather slash answer the internet question where we're going to go around and just ask some ridiculous questions um, to, the, to everyone. These can be very dirty. Or they can be clean. We're going to keep it a little bit more PC um, for the podcast. So anyone want to start with any questions and open it up to anyone? Should I start? Why don't you uh, start? Okay. Start. Uh, well, I'll start. Okay. So Amy, 
Would you rather be forced to dance every time you heard music or be forced to sing along anytime you if her, uh, sing along to any song you heard? So if a song comes on, you're either That's forced hard, to dance yeah. or forced to sing. Because I, I know all the words to most songs, but I'm a terrible singer. I'm going to go with dance. But I mean, the thing is, how loud do you have to be? Because honestly, half the time music comes on, I'm kind of singing under my breath. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Too. I'm just a terrible singer. I mean, I'm a terrible singer, too. I just don't have any sense of shame. Yeah. So. No. <laughs> I'm going to go with dance. Dance. Yeah. Craig, I'll ask you a question now. This one's a very specific Craig question that I wrote. Would you rather play the same golf course the rest of your life for free and only play that course and it's not a great course? Or pay $10,000 every time you play golf, but you can play any course in the world. Oh, I would, that's a high number. <laughs> I think that. I was trying to get something that was out of reach. Is, yeah. Of course it's high. It's supposed to be. What's your choice? Yeah. Well, it's play the same course every time. Because hitting a ball around a field is pretty fun in itself. So if it's a bad course, whatever. That's fine. You're never going to get to play Augusta. That's fine. You'll never go back to never St. Andrews. I play Augusta anyway. <laughs> never go to Pebble Beach. That's right. So I have a question for the table. I'm going to need to open a beer after this one. Uh, let me ask. So uh, if you could speak any, any language fluently, what would it be and why? So I'll start. I'll answer my own question. Uh, French, because I'd love to travel all over the countryside and just stop in small towns and eat food and be able to talk to all the little restaurants when I do that. Is so this a would you rather question? No, it's not a would you. It's just it's what, a, what? It doesn't have to be what language you like to speak. It's kind of close. Yeah, what language would you like to speak? I just thought we were playing would you rather. But I wasn't totally it's, it's, saying it's, 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 what. What language would you, would you like to speak? What language would I like to speak? Um, Spanish. That's so boring. It sounds handy, though. I know enough Spanish that I understand what people are saying, but I'm like... Yeah. terrible at conjugating verbs and, and I get nervous when I have to say things to people because I know it's not right. <laughs> so, um, that's mine. Mine would actually be Portuguese. We had a Brazilian exchange student that name? lived with us for a couple <laughs> years. No, I really want to go like, we. I want to go visit his family and then you could do it in like Brazil or Portugal and if you understand, if you're fluent in Portuguese, you can really understand most Spanish. That's true. So like, like Spanish speakers don't always understand Portuguese, but Portuguese speakers almost always understand Spanish. Yeah. So I feel like that would be useful for a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of the pox on my life is, is I haven't learned Spanish. And so I spent, I've been spending the past couple of years every single day practicing. Um, so that would be the answer. But then recently I also just kind of started picking up some German because I figured that might be handy with our brewery and all the German beer that we're going to have. Um, but no, it, I've been to Spain, uh, I don't know, 15 times and still have a lot of really good um, friends who live there. Although most of them are all in Barcelona and they, they speak Spanish and Catalan. So Catalan is completely different, kind of like Portuguese. I don't think Spanish is boring, but it's also very good because there's more people that you can communicate here um, in Spanish. And so many, well, the, the entire Western Hemisphere uh, you can travel around and, and speak Spanish for the most part. I mean, maybe not Brazil, but I think Spanish is um, a good one. Practical, practical. Yeah, yeah, it's a practical. lot of things. I just want to eat food. Is that that's not practical enough. Craig that wants I want to, to speak languages so he can order food. It sounds fine. Yeah, it would have it would have helped if I knew a little bit of Italian <laughs> once because I was surviving off the broken English that uh, people in the Puglia region of uh, Italy spoke. 
And that was tough. I was all by myself on a bike. I, I get the traveling around France and knowing, wanting to know the language a bit. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, any little, like if you're in any country and if you know, hi, bye, thank you, know some numbers. And I mean, it, it goes a long way. A and smile it, can go a long yeah, way. Well, anywhere. Honestly, if you're just willing to try, usually the person that is on the other side will, will be much more receptive than if you just speak English very loudly and they do not care and they will act like they know zero English. I so. got lost in Munich one time though and really didn't. Well, zero. Munich is there. I mean, if you're in a big city, most people will because they need they it daily. Nice. Yeah. I mean, this is actually some good advice. If you are traveling and you're having trouble with the language, every single Marriott, they're going to speak English. Every single like big <laughs> hotel chain. Seriously, it's a good way to like, if, I mean, if you're in uh, a place where you can't read the characters and you don't know where to go, I can't read a map, I don't know how to get a subway ticket, whatever, you can go to any hotel and they're probably going to be able to speak English. That's a good trick. I went, yeah. I went to a Starbucks um, and they did speak English and were wanted to be helpful, but um, wherever we were in Munich, not, no one that worked there lived near there. And so they weren't familiar with directions around the place. I was like, really? <laughs> Standing here with all my luggage. It mm-hmm. was sort of ridiculous. <laughs> all right, beer time. Okay. Let's do it. So I'm going to open up. I actually wasn't planning on opening this when I, uh, when I showed up here today, but I was digging in the back of Billy's refrigerator here at his house that we're doing this podcast. And uh, he had one of my beers that I made five years ago when I was brewing at Brian Sons in Texas. Uh, so it's hand bottled. Uh, it is. It's called Midnight Cab. It was the first one I ever made of this of this beer. Uh, it is a Imperial Black Saison that I aged in uh, Cabernet barrels from Opus One in, uh, in Napa. I don't think uh, you're supposed to say that. Well, I'm not really supposed to say I don't think anybody from Opus is listening to this, but you're not supposed to advertise that. Um, so this, this has been, I, I guess it's been in your fridge. I don't know yeah. if it's been sore. So this could be of age really well and be really great. Or this could be really bad. Cause I mean, this is, this is hand, hand bottling. This isn't, I didn't use like any equipment. Or Sorry anything. if I missed it. What kind of beer is it? It's an Imperial Black Saison aged in Cabernet barrels. I, really I'm good. pretty confident in saying I've never had a beer by that description before. Yeah. So don't explode when I open, please. Maybe away from the microphone. <laughs> oh, we're good. It comes off real nice. And we're it's still kind of sizzled. You can see, you can see it really. Imperial Saison does sound like an oxymoron, though. Um, it was at the RAR anniversary parties, one of the ones that... Um, Oh, it's going to be good. No, I'm not pouring it in that glass. I'm not pouring this beer in a pint glass. Well, you didn't have to fill it. Well, it's hard. No, it's just, that's not, you're doing this beer no justice by doing that. It it actually still sounds really nice too. Yeah. Carbonation's there. That'll work. Yeah. That'll work. Get my torch glass. Yeah. There's a, a restaurant in Brooklyn called Torst. I think it's affiliated with the Evil Twin guys, oh. but this glass is from it. They they do all of their all their beer is in the same stemware glass, and my friend got me this for his for birthday. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 
Let's see how Craig was five years ago. We're getting all the sound effects now. Oh man, the nose on that is awesome. I mean, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's like every other beer. It's good. Tastes very beery. That that stayed well. That was a good surprise opening your fridge today. You're welcome. Okay. And this has no label on it, by the way. I signed this bottle and I just wrote on the side with a Sharpie. It's a gold Sharpie. Yeah. It's sort of special. Anyone, next question? Anyone? I think you can just keep reading them out. Okay. Um, you can answer yeah. one question. Mary Beth. Oh, oh, Mary Beth for you. Mary, for Mary Beth. That's so, fine too. All right, Mary Beth. Or at the table. Would you rather travel the world for a year on a shoestring budget or stay in only one country for a year but live in luxury? Well, as someone who's been trapped in Atlanta for a full year because of COVID, I'm going to absolutely go with the shoestring budget for sure. I've been here long enough. Yes. I think everyone's ready. I'm also pretty used to traveling on a shoestring budget. I'm not a luxury kind of girl. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Yeah. I think think it's the way to go, honestly. If you want to, if you really want to see the country, it's going to the... The, the pubs that are off the beaten path it's it's not going it's not going to the restaurants where the they they try to divert tourists to it's but that is i mean it's, sometimes uh, it's i mean that's how you see that's how you really get to know a this might be a thing that's only that. fun in your 20s too but also i really love hostels i've stayed in some well, gross ones but like oh, you yeah. get to meet you like meet you make friends and you guys get to like go out together yeah. and like do fun. stuff you wouldn't normally I mean, when, it's cool when i got to uh train around europe uh couple times but uh one time i did it solo and i would see people in at the hostel in salzburg and then i'd see them two weeks later in brussels yeah because it's like kind of stay at the same places and it's kind of the same same vibe and people want to people are interested in, in hanging out together and then like we go out to bars that day and then the, that night and then the next day we'd go see some stuff yeah um no yeah, i think it, it, you know there are people that i like met at a hostel bucks. one time like seven years ago that i'm still following on instagram yeah. that i'm like liking all their photos yeah, yeah. I, I love i actually yeah. like that i took a step further one time i did that's still things what i was gonna say is couch Cal- yeah i don't know if it is there was this website um oh i looked at that but i never is, actually i was too I scared to ever actually do it yeah I think that was like the precursor to airbnb if yeah. you're six four and yeah, like, so, yeah. yeah I mean, well i'm not so, yeah. so, so the people yeah, listening I, can't tell so <laughs> I, I was doing you know shooting budget kind of thing basically had a train ticket and was just going around europe for four weeks and so there's, there was this thing called couchsurfing.com and it, there was, this is very early on. I mean, this is right at the start of like Facebook and all that. Um, so you go online and you'd search a city and you'd find ambassadors in that city that either you could stay with or you could, um, or they just show you around town. And so I, I did this in Vienna and Nuremberg and, and, um, one other one other city but in Nuremberg I actually stayed with for two nights I stayed with a Portuguese exchange student um and uh, I slept on an air mattress in in his uh dorm room and so like it's fun but like those are things you kind of like like it's nice to be able to stay at a really nice hotel like don't get me wrong but you don't remember that you could do that here and it's probably the same right and then I made him breakfast tacos Ish. the next day and he thought it was so cool. Like, Here's where I'm going to disagree with all of you guys, because I think that I would stay in the luxury thing and spend an entire year in a country. Because I think the way that I see it is, is you can just kind of hub and spoke that. 
and go and, and really explore everything about that country for that year. And so that that's I what see, I would go with. I see the like appeal of that too, yeah. but I don't know. I think the shoestring budget's kind of fun. There's there is something like I I mean everywhere I've been it's I haven't really been there longer than a week. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Spain. I've always, I it was always two weeks, but I there's something about doing the deep dive in a place that just makes it better. It never feels like enough when you only get a day or yeah. two oh, in no, one yeah. city. Yeah, you're just and you're constantly moving. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't sure. feel like you ever really get to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, then similar question. Would you rather move to a new city or town every week or never be able to leave the city or town you were born in? <laughs> oh, this sounds like two types of prison, two types uh, of hell right here. I'm, I'm a different might, city every week. It for might sure. also depend where you were born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I was born in Barcelona, yeah, I'd be fine not leaving. Right. But I'm in a different city every week. Yeah, that's, I'm a different city every week. Yeah, I, I think is I would. Is this for the rest of your life? Is that what you said? Yeah, I think so. Yes. I don't know. I There are some really neat things about where I was born, but um don't think I want to live there the rest of my life. But also, being new somewhere every week for the rest of your life is hard. I mean, being it's, new in a new city every once a year that we did for like three years in a row, that was hard. Um, and so I like, I just think it's a lot, it's a lot. That's why it's like two types of hell. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't know people that you get to see. Logistically, you're always a visitor or everyone knows you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, logistically, obviously it makes more sense to be in one place for, for all, but if logistics don't matter and you just, you're a nomad. Sure. Yeah. I'd be in a different city every week. Would you rather never be able to drink beer again or only be able to drink beer and nothing else? Say that one more time. Would you rather to never be able to drink beer again or to only be able to drink beer and nothing else? I can still like eat things. Just no drinking. Yeah. It's like you can't have water or Coca-Cola or wine. Apple juice. I'll just drink beer. I'm good at that. Yeah. But you get like non. This question doesn't say anything about non-alcoholic beer. That's the thing is like, does that also entail I have to be drunk full time? Because that'd be a little more difficult. No, but I think we do have those questions. I I would pick no beer. No beer? Yeah. Wine or not going or having no wine, that'd be tough. Well, I think we've we've exhausted it. I think everyone hopefully everyone's gotten some uh, good icebreakers that they can get out of this. Um, come to the brewery and do them there. Um, if, if you or ever find yourself in a situation where you need to use one of these, keep them in your back pocket because it can be very handy. But um, also, glad you got to meet us, um, Round Trip Brewing and the people behind it. And our team will hopefully grow and we'll be open uh, real soon, probably very soon after uh, this airs. Um, but thank you, Mary Beth. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Craig. Uh, any other final comments? We'll have some really fun icebreaker drinking games in our good shop too. Ooh, yeah. If you're confused on the rules, just come into the bar and I'll explain them to you again. Right? Here we go. Or we'll come up with new ones. Yes. Come up with lots of them. If you need, if you need a suggestion, happy to offer. Come into the brewery and tell us about your your ideas for other drinking games that are our icebreaker games. Yes. Or find us on Instagram and tell us and we'll do it. Yeah, that'll be good. We'll play them. We got time. 
mostly when sometimes we have time <laughs> yeah Beer Flight Podcast is a production of Round Trip Brewing Company. Special thanks to Amy and Mary Beth for putting up with Craig and I for this episode. Voiceover help from Chris Mykoski, design help from Scott Miller. We put the full list of drinking games as well as the beer we drank during this episode on our website, roundtripbrewing.com slash podcast. You ever have that gym teacher in middle school that shows up a little too hungover and just kind of phones it in during class? You know the one. They, uh... You like do however many push-ups you can in two minutes, do some pull-ups and sprint back and forth or something like that. We'll see you next time on the Beer Flight Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for flying with us today. We know you have many options in air travel, and we were probably the cheapest.